conversations with prominent pastors, teachers, and leaders. This is the Pastor Well Podcast from Southern Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Now your host, Dr. Herschel York. Hello and welcome to the Pastor Well Podcast. This is Herschel York, the Dean of the School of Theology at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm also pastor of the Buck Run Baptist Church in Frankfurt. The Pastor Well Podcast is a podcast dedicated to helping those who serve the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ be faithful in their ministry. Today, I am especially delighted to have my favorite guest of all time, (laughs) uh, because I'm going to be uh, talking to my wife, Tanya York, and we're going to be talking about really the pastor's home and the pastor's wife and what it is to serve the Lord Jesus together as husband and wife in the pastorate. So, Tanya, welcome. Thanks. I'm delighted you would do this, and uh, it's, <laughs> it, you know, it's just natural to talk to you. We we talk a lot. <laughs> we do. Uh, you know, one of the things a lot of people would not know about you is that when I go somewhere to preach, or sometimes just coming here to Louisville from Frankfurt, that you will go along with me simply to be able to ride in the car so we can talk and be together. Uninterrupted conversation. It's great. I'll just it, ride in. Nobody else, even except for phone calls. But yeah, but we don't always take those, do No, we? no. Yeah, we sometimes <laughs> shut that phone off. And, uh, you know, uh, the, one of the joys of our marriage is uh, it's just true. There's nobody I'd rather be with than you. Same. Feel the same. Uh, I don't take that for granted. I, I know. Well, you shouldn't. Yeah, well, I don't. We've uh, seen we've seen quite the opposite, especially. That's right. Yeah, in others, and sometimes in us. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think people, I was going to say, especially our early years. Yeah, they <laughs> were seen. they were rough. I think yeah. it took us a good six years to seven re- seven begin to figure it out, <laughs> and then you repented, and we got, got right no. right. <laughs> so, uh, I, I just want to ask you uh, a little bit about that. So, you did not. You didn't grow up in a really a Christian home. No, no not so, quite the opposite, actually. Your uh, dad, tell, tell us about your dad. My dad uh, was a feisty man. and uh, mm-hmm. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, <laughs> he was principled, but he had his own set of principles and sort of lived by code. And, uh, but not a believer. Not a believer and raised us to work hard and work well. And there were certain things that were just non-negotiables in his life, but um, church or faith was not not a part of not it. any part of that at all. But yeah. I had a godly grandmother. Your your grandmother took you to Ashland Avenue Baptist Church. She did. Church. I'd stay with her and spend the summers with her, and they had vacation Bible school there, and I'd attend that. And uh, my mom, my mom would would take me to church, but there was it was a Sunday. Uh, go into church, yeah, and then you go and give you know you give your Sunday um, sort of habitual. And she didn't trust Christ, yeah. if you remember. You. Yeah, your mother was a lost church member uh-huh. at the time, right? Right, right. So just no, no concept of living Christ in in our home in our life at all. And Sometime during your childhood, there at, at Ashland Avenue Church in Lexington, you did make a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, it was at a vacation Bible school, was, actually. Yeah, that you know the enthusiasm of all the songs going on, and it was great. And I, I will say, I recognized probably at that time that uh, becoming a Christian was something somebody needed to do. It was just part of 
what you do if you go to church. Right. And, and you admired your grandmother. And I people did. Like, I like do. her. And yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then when uh, you and I got married, I, well, we met. You were 19. Mm-hmm. I was 20. And on our very first date, I laid out for you very candidly and plainly what I thought God was calling me to do and, and right. his, his claim on my life. And I asked you if you were okay with that. And I lied and said yes. <laughs> no, I really was okay with all of it. I, yeah. It was exciting. It was an exciting adventure thinking all of it. And, um, man, it just thrilled me. Yeah. And we had a very brief courtship. Mm, and so very that, that, brief. That first date, uh, uh, that was my very first day on staff at Ashland Avenue. We went out uh, and 13 days later bought the rings. Mm-hmm. If one of our boys had done that that quickly, I don't. We probably would have. Uh, I don't. Oh, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. Just, cool. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If he'd done it with a girl like you, I'd been okay with it. Oh, go on <laughs> and on. But uh, it was fast. In it in was. fact, uh, Brother Range, uh, our pastor at the time, he freaked out. He did. You know, one of the one of the I think great insights of wisdom the Lord's given me in my whole mm-hmm. life was when I told Brother Range and I could see his discomfort with it. I mean, here I'm two two weeks on his staff right. and tell him that I fall in love and marrying a girl that I just met. And mm-hmm. he was like, you know, and he was naturally worried about that. And I said to him, I said, now, Brother Range, I understand your, your discomfort with this, mm-hmm. but I know she's the one for me. And I said, I'm going to marry her, but I won't do it until you tell me you're okay with it. I trust the Lord so much that she's the one that I know he'll impress that on your heart too. And when I told him that, it gave him a zone of comfort. And over the next few months, he we spent a lot of time with them. And before long, Brother Rain said to me, you need to marry her. Well, and I'm sure you probably don't recognize, I don't know that I've ever even said this to you before, but you doing that gave me a zone of comfort, not about our marriage, but just about life in general, that that's how you approach things with you're not going to go in and just bulldoze what your preference is, and you could have, and he'd have probably said, all right, but it just would have been ugly, and the fact that you pay, you're patient and things like that. Well, uh, you know, I've, there's never been a time in my life as a believer when I was saved at seven that I've not really believed in the sovereignty of God. Mm. You know, my dad taught me that. I studied that theologies that he and I studied together mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I just always believed God's in control. Yeah, you 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 live like that. That's that's pretty. Uh, it, I think it's rubbed off on me. I don't know that I initially really laid that down as a template on my heart and life, but uh, there is no question that you have made that such a part of all I think our life our son's lives and now their family's lives that we just like yeah God is sovereign he is sovereign and rest in that that's right delight in it that's right embrace it because Mm -hmm. uh, he's always going to work for his glory and our good Mm -hmm. and we just need to trust him so we got married uh, just six months after that first date that summer, so you're talking the summer of 1981, we got married in March. We were at a Baptist camp, mm-hmm. and 
I remember that night, the Lord just really coming down, mm. touching a lot of hearts and lives, including yours. Mm. And you discovered that night for the first time something about grace. Do you remember that? I absolutely do. I, I, when we went back to our cabin, um, I remember just my brain was reeling from the fact. I, I think you, you had said something about God could not love me more or love me less uh, than he loves me because he loves me like Christ and he sees Christ in my place. It's like that. I'd never heard that before. And um, I, I like to be liked. And so a lot of the things that I would do in my life, uh, putting it under the Christian uh, banner would be just because I like to be liked. And so I like having a, applause like many people and people going, way to go. You're so nice. You're so kind and all that. And so I'd lived morally good and kind and all those things all to help the Lord love me a little better gain a little more glory for him and me both and that just blanketed my heart in such a way I just couldn't let it go and I think I was trying to remember how long after that we camp was over and I went to your office Uh, you were in the dungeon and I sat on you had like a a dumpy old like day bed thing that was down there too. You'd nap in. And I remembered sitting on that and say, all right, when you said this past week out there at camp, you said he could not let me. And you, you know, you explained grace to me. And I said, oh my goodness, this is life changing. Yeah, yeah, you were were overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. And I thought at that time that was just a change of, Hey, that's a little bit of new information, but it was, yeah. it was way we, more than just We talked that. about it. Yeah. Like, we weren't sure no, what no. happened there. Right, right. Were, at what point were you born again? At what right. point were you regenerate? We really talk, literally talked about right. that for years. You know, I am never one to tell somebody, oh, just go ahead and be baptized again just to be sure. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think that makes light of I baptism. Agree. Yes. Uh, the You've got to be persuaded in your mind. At, at what point did I genuinely trust Christ? And mm-hmm. my baptism needs to be after that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about it. We discussed it. And it was years later. Mm-hmm. I was, we were already, you know, I'm on faculty here. I'm <laughs> pastor of Buck Run. Right. And on a Wednesday morning, mm-hmm. you told me, you remember? Uh what hinders me from being baptized? Yeah, you, you said <laughs> I, I've, I'm convinced that I was not yeah, saved without I have when I was when I made a profession of faith and was baptized as a child, and that really happened in 1981, and mm-hmm. and I need to get that right. Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, fine, we'll we'll do it Sunday morning at church," and you said, "What hinders me from being that's baptized? Right. We, you have said, no. we have water. No." It, today's Wednesday, and <laughs> we'll be with our I'm church deciding family. this on Wednesday, and I can do it tonight. <laughs> and when I found out, I, so I called our building superintendent and said, hey, fill up the baptistry tonight. We're going to have baptism at church tonight. And he said, oh, the baptism, the baptistry's broke. So 
at that time, Buck Run was at the Forks of Elkhorn, right. where it had been since right. 1988. And uh, we just let everybody know we're going to have a baptizing tonight in the creek and baptized you and one other young well, lady. Well, a girl I was discipling who was yeah. um, unsure of her salvation and if and when that had happened. And I called her up and I gave her, here's my testimony. She said, oh, she said, that's basically what I've come to the conclusion. I was not, I was baptized after, uh, I mean, before I made my profession and that was not genuine. And it, and I know I need to do that. I said, well, join me, join me tonight. And yeah. she did, Gretchen. What a what a, a beautiful story of your obedience. So were you worried about what people would think? I mean, here you are, professor at Southern Seminary's wife, the wife of the pastor. Was and, I worried? And getting baptized, did, did it bother you what anybody might think? Not really, no. I, I was, I wondered what they would think, but, um, you know, just I really have a thing about when you know what you need to do, and you just got to do it and yeah. obey. And yeah, you know, um, you didn't even bring that up to me. We did not have a discussion. Oh, what will people think? No, no. it was just, just I want to be obedient to yeah. the Lord. Uh, well, let me say, I, w- I wanted people to hear that because you've really been a phenomenal pastor's wife uh, in at every level. I, I could not ask for better. You're you rock it. As a pastor's wife, I'm just Thanks. saying. I and love yet, it. I love it. And yet there, there was an area where you needed to be mm-hmm. obedient, and I'm I'm just so glad that that's who you are. That you want to honor the Lord without counting the cost. You just you're just going to do what the Lord leads you to do. Let me ask you this: um, you you teach Seminary Wives Institute, especially the marriage and family class mm-hmm. here. I get guys stop me in the hall and say, Doctor York. Please thank Mrs. York oh, for me. Oh, that's great. Your, your wife has made such a tremendous difference in the life of my wife and in our marriage. So let me ask you, what do you say to the, to the pastor's wife who doesn't feel like she really has to personally be a part of her husband's ministry or sometimes even really attend church regularly? What oh, do you say yeah, to her? that's troubling. I say – I. I start off my whole semester by helping them get this one basic truth is that you are not neutral in ministry with your husband. You either enhance or diminish, but there is no neutral position. No such thing. No such thing. You either help him serve the Lord more effectively, more creatively, fill in the blank, whatever, or you, you, you suck the life out of it and um a different different degrees of it but you're you're never neutral Uh, you have been a phenomenal pastor's wife but i know that there have been times i've not been as appreciative as i should a lot of pastors are listening right now tell tell pastors what can they do to make their wives feel valued and like a real part of their ministry and a part of their team? Well, you say, first of all, you just say that. You tell me on a regular basis um, now, you know, what how, how vital I am to your ministry, how I help strengthen you, strengthen it, how you could use you, you use the, um, you've commented several times, especially recently, you say, I could not do what I do 
if you, if I had any other wife other than you, you just really, and that man, that just sings my song, but you ask my opinion, you value it. And um, we had to learn that dance of giving an opinion and giving what my thoughts are and being okay if you did not go with Mm -hmm. anything I wanted. And so part of, part of our crazy dance, I think in ministry was trying to discern you expecting that I expected you to do it, uh, whatever I said, and how I might feel or react uh, like you just didn't care, value my opinion. But it was all about being heard and yeah. you, know, you asking and valuing what I thought. We we had to understand how to give each other freedom. Right. Uh, right. I had to give you freedom to say what was on mm-hmm. your heart and mind, and I had to really listen and appreciate that, not and just I discount had, it. Right, and I had to trust that you were the one God had called to lead the flock and the fellowship. And so maybe my my opinion would be valid and helpful, and maybe I had no clue, you know, and, yeah. and just trust that the Lord um, Lord was using you uh, to do what you needed. Well, both to things do. are true both true, ways, true. aren't they? Right. Uh, one time we were having an argument, and you said something that was absolutely uh, – it was a punch in the gut. Mm, I know what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember. I well, remember. Well, I'm going to say it in case you say something else. No, no. I know what it <laughs> I, is. I don't want you to say maybe a second thing. No, no. Yeah. What do you think it is? No, no. You go because I don't want to <laughs> You do know it. what it is. Uh, <laughs> Just. You said, you don't treat me as That's the it. weaker vessel. Right. You treat me as the lesser vessel. Right. Right. Oh, those were hard words to hear. Right. But they were true. It was. It was. And oh man, what what grace uh, would flow out of that conversation though is incredible because it was a you had an aha moment and a repentant and a sanctifying mm-hmm. um, occasion to it's like okay, I haven't done. You are right. You owned it. Oh, it was just so refreshing. You owned it, and you changed. And you you said to me, you know, you know I, I value you. I honor, I adore you. You gave me all the wonderful things. And then you lived that. You lived it. It was just such a great gift. Well, you know, we, we husbands who are pastors need to learn the difference. Mm-hmm. God commands me to treat you as the weaker vessel. Right. But to be weaker is not to be lesser in value. In fact, as I say, silk is weaker than denim, but it's finer. Right. It's of more value. Uh, fine china mm-hmm. is weaker than pewter. Right. But it, it's so much finer and it's so much more valuable. Well, like I, we just even look at our personality types. You know, you can, you can be like a prophet and you can sort of chest bump and go and, you know, that, there are some things I needed to change and strengthen up in my my walk and things like that. So you helped me do that, but you've recognized that there is there are some things like I'm not going to be able to be a road warrior <laughs> like you because it you just to yeah. get a I, I need a, a downtime and a resting. You need margin. I need margin. That's it, margin yeah. and. Uh, and so you can have a tad more narrow margin than I mm-hmm. do. And in 
you initially, it was like, no, you just need to suck suck it it up. up. (laughs) May have heard that a couple times. Maybe. (laughs) And so I would try. It's got to be written on a pillow in our house somewhere. (laughs) It it will be soon. Um, Anyway, so I really would try and suck it up, and I just... You know, I'm strong. I'm tough. You know, I'm Jean Sharp's daughter. And so, you know, that it's not about a work ethic. It was just about emotional, you know, you know, in ministry, bearing the weight of just what people go through. And you hear that. And I need I needed different things in my life. And you came to realize that that was really helpful to me. Well, we've been through a lot of stages of life together, you know. Um, so, you know, we've been married at this point. We just celebrated our 38th anniversary not long ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me ask you a question. Um, have I discipled you well? You have. You have. I can, uh, no pause whatsoever. It, you know, I, I, love, I love the Lord more. I love his church more. I love this institution more. I love... Um, you know, I, I've learned, I like having margin and yet you've also pushed me and stretched me to get as much out of life kingdom as you can get, you know, and I Uh, like it. All right. Give me a permission to be totally transparent here. How could I have done better? Oh, all right. It would be, it would probably be the one thing that I think people probably, uh, are challenged by and it's the just praying with your spouse on a regular basis more yeah. uh, uh, you know um, like if i ask you yeah if i ask you you were oh sure sure you were always great but as far as like initiating that when i would say oh man i'm just so whatever you know i'm just feeling funky or you know something's out of sorts and everything and you go well I'm just really sorry I'm going to be praying for you and I had no doubt that you would uh-huh. but that you would just join me in making that part of it I think that's a real struggle for a lot of preachers uh, is just to well in marriage and family class with their wives that comes up all the time all the time yeah I'm, I, I have done better and yes. I need to do better uh because I love to pray with you. <laughs> I know. You know, I think what happens is we guys, it's a, such a terrible way of thinking. But, you know, you're on everywhere else. You know, mm-hmm. you're praying with people. You're counseling people. You're teaching in the classroom or whatever. In my life, it's all of these things nonstop for hours and hours every day. And then come home, you want to just sort of go in the neutral. Mm-hmm. But the reality is God didn't give us that. He mm-hmm. does not give us that right. Right. Does he? I mean, I'm. I've got to be on all the time. Right. Especially leave, leave with it you. all on the floor. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Especially right. with you. Right. This is God's design. Is that when I come home, mm-hmm. I, I, if I've been faithful to teach students and I've been faithful to counsel church members and I've been faithful to work with staff, why would I not come home and give double the effort to be faithful as a husband to my wife? Right. And. Uh, I have gotten better. At you that. have gotten better. The other thing. The other thing. The other ahead. thing is you would come in bearing uh, the weight of ministry and or just life or whatever in general and feel overwhelmed 
and you, I think you granted, you don't do this anymore, so this is why I can address this easily, but you, you would grant yourself permission to basically not be on yeah. because you've had to be on the whole time. It's like, you know, I've dealt with people's problems. I've listened to people's stories, you know, whatever. And the fact that when you got to the house, it was, you felt like you could check out. Mm-hmm instead of step up and so but i don't do that anymore no no you don't it's leave it all like uh i think you got home this past week and uh, i can't remember it was during the lectures that were going but it was on. like ten thirty at night I yeah yeah home. so it's like started early yeah, in the morning seven o'clock in the morning and that's after having had several days before leading up to that that were incredibly busy and you walked in the back door and you did i'm dancing I'm dancing, I'm singing, I'm so happy. And I know physically and emotionally and spiritually, all those, you were spent. But you, know, you just, it, it, you've it, decided, I know you, you yeah. decided out in the car or on the way home or yes. whatever. Yes, I did. You're I'm, exactly right. I'm going to, that's, I'm not going to go in yeah, um, that's exactly and give right. her less than uh, she. I'd love to tell you that that's just naturally who I <laughs> no. am. No, but you know, no, no. I, I would knew. be lying. You're I exactly knew. right. I decide. Right. But first of all, you have given me the freedom and permission to do everything that I do, hmm. and so I you pay a price for that anyway. So I'm not going to make you pay the price twice. You're not going to pay the price of me being gone. And then when I come home, I'm a jerk to be with, too. Whining. I don't like whining. Who, want, Who no, likes a whiner? You don't like a whiner. I do not I, like I a whiner. You know, you talked about your <laughs> yeah. your dad. Mm-hmm. Your dad did not like a whiner. Your dad no. was the toughest, right. honoriest in many ways, it's guys, so I ever true. met. Mm-hmm. And uh, we prayed for your dad yeah. for over 30 years mm-hmm. to trust Christ. We shared the gospel with him many times. Our sons did we, as they grew up. We we worked. We conspired. We conspired for his conversion. Yeah. We on uh, a regular basis. schemed for his salvation. We, did. Did we, not? we, we, did. we would we took him to Brazil when he was eighty three years old just to sort of get him alone and with us mm-hmm. and took him peacock bass fishing and and down there in Brazil something happened. We were in a a church, a church service, service yeah, there in Manaus. Oh, yeah. That was so exciting because, first of all, Brazilians are just so lively. Yeah. Man. And whatever they do, they, got the bossa they, Nova they are moving. And he had never seen such a thing in his life. Yeah. They were all so loving, friendly. But they were uh, putting words on the screen of the songs, in, you know, in Portuguese. So he speaks zero Portuguese. And he's just looking up at those words, and he looks over at me, and he says, "It's only, it's only word, one word up there. I know, it's, I recognize one word." And I said, "What's that?" And he said, "Jesus," and it was spelled exactly because yeah, he spelled the same. same spelling. So I said, "That's all you'll. That's the only word you'll ever need to know. That's the only thing you'll need to know." And little did we know just yeah. how the Lord was drawing him in at that time, and He said. I believe these people really are excited and mean mean what they're singing and yeah. saying. I said, they do, Dad. They do, Daddy. And it was precious. After we brought it. him back to the States, uh, he, he he didn't talk about the fishing 
no. nearly as much as she talked about uh, that church there in Manaus. Our uh, friends. Nova Igreja Batista and our friends, David and Penny Hatcher, who, mm-hmm. whose home we stayed. And and the Lord had really just be, sort of begun a work. Yeah. Wasn't long after that, your dad fell. Mm-hmm. And he never walked again after that. Mm-hmm. And He'd been so independent. No, I mean, he just. Yeah. We went to visit him in the nursing home. It was before, you know, like before uh, they installed the TV in his room. I remember he was just like. <laughs> had nothing. He had been like nothing. four or five days. He just had nothing to look at. He was reading Farmer's Almanacs, yeah. old ones. And, <laughs> and, you know, when we got up to leave that day, I'll never forget his words. He said, uh, preach to me, Hershey. Mm-hmm. And that was such a. <laughs> I know. It was such a weird thing yeah, because, you know, your dad, well, I thought he meant pray for pray. me. You know, he was mm-hmm. a little confused or something. Yeah. So we walked over to his bedside and and held his hand and I began to pray. And I remember praying. And you preached in your prayer. I did. I very <laughs> specifically prayed for salvation. Right. And that the Lord would convict him and bring him salvation and that he would repent and trust Christ. And when I said amen, he looked at us and he said, uh, I've done that. Yeah. And I remember here we prayed for this for at that point, you know, thirty five years. Right, right. And and we looked at each other like, what, what? <laughs> and he said, I've done that. And he proceeded to tell us that he had he had trusted Christ. And I said, now, Gene, I need to be sure of this because I want to spend eternity with you. And he said, Well, you will because I've done that. And the last two years of his life in that nursing home were rat. He was he a radically was a different guy. He changed man. There I mean, we was literally a before and after picture. Yeah, we were Absolutely. we were concerned mm-hmm. about even his will to live, right? And that changed, didn't it? Yeah, he yeah. a contentment. I mean, you you just can't imagine somebody who's so independent lives outside, you know, farms as you know crops and all that, and that's what he does every day, and it stops. And for somebody to be able to find contentment in a very small space. In a small world. In a very small world. And and grow to love people, love different races of people, which was which not, he had not done. Not not done on God any changed level. His heart. And the Lord changed him. One question correctly. for you though, babe, is mm-hmm. that your dad was a very hard man. Mm-hmm. There's stuff from there's stuff from your childhood. We'll mm-hmm. just leave it at that. Yeah. But rather than hold things against your dad, uh, you you chose to love him and show him grace. How did you do that? How could you not? How can you not when you know, first of all, what's at stake and you know what you've received? And my receiving the grace of God and not granting it so that possibly my dad's life would be changed. How could how could you not? I just yeah. don't know how you could do anything other than that. And oh my goodness, that I did. It wasn't just a forgiving. It was a, an out a overcoming of love for him yeah, that it, it, I adore and honor and admired. Him. Yeah, it, it's it's, it was great. It's one the of the did. greatest stories of grace I've ever seen oh. in my life. And to be a part of it. Yeah. Uh, I wrote an article called The Funeral I Most Dreaded yeah. about preaching his funeral. <laughs> so, so uh, and the funeral we did, we had dreaded. Yeah. It was going to be right. the saddest moment of our lives. Mm-hmm. Turned to be a, a moment of such joy and grace because mm-hmm. we, we knew he's with the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
let me just say, you are a phenomenal partner, pastor's wife, uh, friend, uh, dare I say it, embarrass my sons. Do it. Do lover. It. Bring it. <laughs> You're the whole package. I, I am in awe of you, and I thank God for you, Honor and me. it's thank a you. joy to share these moments with you. I'm, I'm just prouder of you than I can ever quantify. I delight in being your wife. Well, it's, it uh, we, you know, we could do this all day. I know. We'll yes, weekend you. later without the mics okay. and the headphones on. Okay. All right. let's, uh, let's here's it. what I call the twinkling of an eye round. It's oh, got a bunch of okay, quick questions to ask now. you. Sweaty, don't, sweaty. Uh, you don't need to uh, <laughs> elaborate, just quick stuff. All right. Okay. What's your favorite drink at Starbucks? Oh, venti uh, mocha frappuccino with Two double espresso shots. Wow. I'll never remember that. No, you won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> How do you say Zacchaeus, you come down in Greek? Ah, Zacchaeus, Pusas Katabiti. Impressed. <laughs> and and Hupodematot's mother. Yeah, it's your other it's the yeah, got sandals. a couple of streaks. Right, yeah, right. Right. You, you know those words. All right, your favorite book. Oh, okay, that's tough. You know, I have a hard time reading in general. I don't like fiction at all. But uh, probably be Pilgrim's Progress yeah. and then anything by John Krakauer. Yeah. yeah. I love him. He's your love favorite atheist. Mm, right. I know. I know. Two, uh, two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. If, uh, if we could leave today and go anywhere, where would you like me to take you? Today? Right now. Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo is incredible. It's incredible. Uh, what's the best thing about getting older? Mm. Get, get a, you get a better value system. Mm. You get a better perspective on what really matters, and you learn to love life a little more. What's the I worst thing? That, uh, realizing how you didn't have that before. Yeah. <laughs> you missed all, you're, missing, you're missing the point. What's your favorite book of the Bible? Uh, the one I'm studying. So that would be Mark right now. Yeah, whatever I'm studying okay. becomes my favorite. What is the in your eyes, what's the best thing about me? No, oh, I love it. Okay, the, this is, uh, there's a lot. But I would say I like the way you balance a passion and a love and a seriousness for the gospel and your fun. And you you make life enjoyable and a grand adventure, all the while applying a passion for the gospel. And you just. It's just great Gosh, watching that. Gosh, I adore you. Let's do another 38 years. <laughs> yeah, let's say. do it. All right. Deal. Well, You're on. It has been a joy, my sweet it thing. It has been My a joy. precious girl. Today, I, I was all worried have, for nothing, right? You were worried for nothing. Today oh, we are especially privileged to have spoken with the lovely Tanya York. <laughs> and uh, I am so grateful that you've been with me on the Pastor Well podcast and I thank all of you who tuned in. If you've not yet subscribed, make sure you do on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. I look forward to seeing you again on Pastor Well.